Um, I'm Josh Franklin, and I, uh, hey, how you guys doing? I've been going to the church for seven, eight years or so, something like that. That's like way too tall. Um, for seven or eight years, um, my wife and I lead a city group in Murray Hill, and um, I participate on the ministry leadership team. So um, we do a few things around here. We've been around here a long time, and it sounds, thanks. It sounds like Jesus is getting lifted up today, which is good because my talk's about Jesus. Thank God. So we're right in alignment. And so I'm just going to pick up um, uh, in, into this series. And so what I've been tasked to do is look at Jesus' life and how he loved people. Okay? So I'm just going to look at that. We're going to kind of approach it like we approach it in our city group. We just kind of delve into things and sometimes we go down rabbit holes. I don't have a lot of rabbit holes today, but... We'll kind of just stay focused on how Jesus loved people on the planet, okay? So, to get started, I like asking questions, and so my first question for you, and this is rhetorical, you don't need to answer it out unless you want to, but um, how has Jesus' love shaped your understanding of love? And so when I say understanding, I mean, you know, how we give love and how we receive love. And have you ever stopped to think about that, you know, as you consider Jesus. Because I think today is about compelling us towards him today. And so my next question would be, um, how has your experience with human love shaped your understanding of love? And, and I mean that in both senses as well, how you give it and how you receive it. Because I think, you know, how we, how we receive love really shapes how we give it. Are, are you with me? I feel like that's true, you know, especially within the human realm, like from human to human, how you receive love from your parents or friends or work or whatever, and then it kind of shapes how we give it. And so when we go into an exercise like this, we have to be really careful. I have to be careful um, because of this. My wife said this in our city group as I was begging them all for um, ideas for the talk, and she said, oftentimes when we describe love, we are talking about how we love. It's like, yeah, that's a good word. It's true. It's so hard to talk about love without your own experience kind of coming into it. Um, and so what I'd like to do is I'd like to try not to do that today. I'm trying, I, I don't want to give you my view of love. I want to give you God's view of love. And the only way to do that is through Jesus, is to look at it that way. But so um, the way to do that is I like to think gray just for a moment. And so gray thinking is just in this moment we let go of all our preconceived notions of love. Um, all our preconceived notions about the idea of love, and, and we allow ourselves to think freely. And so when I say think freely, I mean let's think beyond um, our own current reality and experience with love. Okay? Just for a moment. Then after you leave, you can take all your preconceived notions back. Okay? For better or worse. But I think this one's, I think it's going to be better, but I'm trying to be biased. So let's enter into that. And so how we do that, how we do that is we look at Jesus. It's so easy to get up here and just talk about Jesus. He's, he's really critical. Because in Jesus, human limitation and human possibility all collide. And what I mean by that is that we can see how we fall short in Jesus, but in ourselves, but we can also see what's possible in ourselves in Jesus. He shows us what we're capable of when we live in perfect communion with the Spirit, or communion with the Spirit at all. And I love the possibility that Jesus gives us, because Jesus is our revelation. Jesus is our answer. Jesus is our secret. He is our blueprint. I love saying this. I say it all the time. Jesus is perfect theology. 
Meaning, if you want to understand God perfectly, it's important to do so in Jesus. You know what I mean? So you can go to him. The Apostle Paul, he wrote these words about Jesus. And you can put a picture of Jesus on the screen, too. To reach all the... Just so you get a visual. (laughs) To reach all the riches of full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Indiana Jones stuff right there. And he also wrote this when he described Jesus. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation, and he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Right? So as Ron Burgundy says, he's kind of a big deal. So, what I am saying to you this morning is that if we have big and deep questions about love and purpose, then we ought to consider those questions in Jesus. Whether you believe or don't believe in him, I'm still going to move you towards him. And if we are seeking how love and purpose come together in our lives, which I think a lot of us do that daily, then we ought to consider how love and purpose come together in Jesus. Because remember, Paul said, in him are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So, Last few weeks, been talking about the life and ministry of Jesus. How did he love people on the planet? How did he love humans? My kids always, they don't refer to people as people. They refer to them as humans for some reason. And I kind of dig that. I don't know why. It's a scientific thing, I guess. But how did he love people while he was on the earth? We've been talking about this. If you read the Gospels, you get a nice picture of it. He healed people. He healed people, right? He taught them. He accepted them which we really, really like, which I think there's some of that coming through today. He accepted them even though they may have been shunned. He told them they belong. And then he comes and he upends the order of love. He reorients it around him. He said the last shall be first and the first shall be last. It's like giving a new system, a new system for loving on the planet. We call it the kingdom of God here. I mean, it's what we call When you hear the word kingdom a lot, it's a new system that we're bringing. It's God's system of loving people and accepting people and forgiving people. And so in Jesus' life and ministry, we see love manifesting in dynamic ways as it, as it confronts and collides with the human experience. And so when I watch that, when I look at that in Jesus in the Gospels, and I don't know when the last time you went through the Gospel accounts of Jesus, but maybe a miracle will come. I know that's been discussed a little bit. And, and I always stop and say, what's happening there? What's, what's happening? It's like love's coming and it's pushing bad out and bringing in good. And, and why? Why is that happening? Do you ever ask the question, why, when you look at Jesus? Why is, why is something, it's like something's responding, like love is responding to something of value. Like when, when love is there, I think it conveys worth and value. When love shows up, I think it responds to something that's valuable. I think it conveys what it is, that it's loving. I think there's something really, really intrinsic there. And I think it's called original value. I think Jesus is responding to the original value that he placed in us. And calling it out. Have you ever found $10 in your pocket in the dryer? Okay. Can you show the next slide, dude? Currency. Have you ever found $12,000 in your pocket? It's so awesome. I thought I did for three weeks. I thought I did for three weeks. (laughs) It goes to this idea of original value. Um, You know, we're referred to as the redeemed. Right? You can't redeem something that never had value in the first place. Well, I found this. My dad passed away last year. My mom gave me um, some of his currency. He was in the military, and he had many travels. And so this is, this is Turkish lira. 
And so we're sitting on the couch with my sister, and we're just she's taking some stuff, and you know I'm just I'm taking that, and I'm keeping that, and I found this fifty thousand Turkish lira. I mean, at first glance, I was like, it's probably worth ten bucks. You know, it's probably not worth anything. So uh, I looked it up on the currency exchange calculator, and I actually had fifty-seven thousand lira total, and it said it was worth twelve thousand bucks. I about fell off the couch, and I didn't say anything. I know it's bad. Sorry. I'm just being human. I'm just being human. God still loves me. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, take whatever you want. Take some of the Egyptian currency, you know, the Saudi currency, whatever. <laughs> so for three weeks, I was walking around. I was tipping people at Chipotle at the door. I was buying coffees. I was like, what car am I going to buy? You know, I mean, I felt, I felt rich. I felt 12 grand in my pocket. That never happens to me. Never so three weeks later, I'm watching the currency exchange, and you know it's moving by a penny or so back and forth. And so I go to the bank to finally do the exchange, and so I, I give the the banker that I said, "This is what I have," and I roll it out. I, I feel so sketch doing that. I'm like, I got this Turkish lira, you know. I'm trying to exchange it. It's legit, you know. Uh, so she she pulls up all their currency. So when you exchange currency, they check the currency to make sure it's still in circulation. Yeah. Can you guess what happened? <laughs> this, uh, this was the biggest letdown. I felt like I lost 12 grand, even though I never had it. But I felt like I lost 12 grand. That is old Turkish lira, and it had to be exchanged by 2015. I know, it's terrible. So I couldn't redeem it. It no longer had any value. The world, man, they're standard. One day you're worth something, the next day you're not. It's such a bummer. And so I thought about that in relation to Jesus, how he looks at us and I I feel like he tells us and he calls out this original value in us. He's redeeming us back to something that we're always valuable because he is the standard of of heaven. Jesus is the standard of heaven, right? He's not the standard of the world. He's the standard of heaven, which means our value is always there because it comes from him. It's immutable. It's unchanging. So I thought, well... We've, we've, we've seen miraculous accounts and all that sort of stuff. I think I want to start at the end of his ministry when he's on the cross and then go backwards. And I know that's weird. So I wanted to look at Luke 23. And that's the next slide. I just got the reference for you. And so I don't think I need to give a lot of background here. Because we know crucifixion. It's a brutal thing. It's gruesome. It's one of the most horrible forms of execution that human beings have concocted against other human beings. And so I don't need to pull your heartstrings and all that stuff. You know it's bad. And so we're just going to pick up where Luke's telling the story about Jesus hanging there with the other two. Um, and then he says something that we all, I think, have heard at some point in our lives and we know. But I wanted to parse that a little bit and then go back a little further. But Luke picks up here. He says, two others uh, who were criminals were led away to be put to death with him. And when they came to the place that is called the skull, there they crucified him. And the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they cast lots to divide his garments. And the people stood by watching, but the rulers scoffed at him, saying, He saved others, let him save himself, if he is the Christ of God, his chosen one. The soldiers also mocked him, coming up and offering him sour wine, and saying, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was also an inscription over him, this is the king of the Jews. And so the context, I mean, you can hear it. It's, I mean, it's a terrible situation. It's, it's, the most, it's, it's the ugliness of humanity kind of pouring out in, in full front to him, mocking him, 
kicking a dying man when he's down. I mean, it's just, it's about as bad as you get. And the thing that struck me, and I've always went through this, but I've never quite been able to get over it, though, where Jesus, he looks at all that. Okay, so now I want to look and see, how can he say that? Now, I know at a high level how he can say that. He's on a mission. It's the mission of God. It's called Missio Dei. Like, he's going, he's providing payment, he's reconciling us back to himself. Right? I know that's there. But now I want to go a little lower and say, how can he say that? How do you say that? How do you say, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do? When they're spitting on you, mocking you, they just beat you to a bloody pulp, you're, you're hanging there probably naked. It's just, it's just brutal. How does he say that? And then I thought, what is he seeing in all of them? Like all around the cross. What is Jesus seeing in them or on them that I can't see? It's strange. And then I looked at the word forgive, because I'm just a word nerd sometimes. And in the Greek, it actually means to like send away, to separate. And then I thought, man, he's saying, Father, forgive them for they know not what what they do. It's almost like he's separating what they're doing from who they are. And he's calling it out, and he's saying, forgive them. Like, in, that, in, that, in all of that, he's saying, you're not what you're doing. I know who you are. How in the world? And then I thought, well, how do I love like Jesus? How can I, how can I put that into practice? And, and I think he's, he's giving us a template for being on the, on the planet. This is how we, as people of, of the Spirit who follow Jesus, can love the world. We say to the world, you have original value. You're not what you're doing. It's not who you are. What a great thing to hear constantly. I love hearing that in prayer ministry. I love hearing that with my friends. I know the people that act like that and talk like that a lot. And I like to gravitate towards them. Because they make me believe who I really am in God. That I have worth and value. That I belong. And so I said, well, maybe we go back. What's happening here? So this is the end. We go back to the beginning. Next slide is in Luke 6. And Jesus really kind of just breaks it. He unpacks it. Actually, he unpacked it earlier. And, and the interesting thing is, this, he's been doing that, Father, forgive them, for they know what they do, the whole time. His entire ministry. That's what's happening. He's doing that the whole time. It didn't just happen there. Like, the whole time. Every time there's healing, every time there's prophetic, every time there's an encounter with the human experience, that's what Jesus, Jesus is doing. You're not, who, you're not what you're doing. This is who you are. So, he breaks down in, in the sixth chapter in Luke's account. He basically gives his thesis on love. Like, this is, this is love originated in God, in the Creator. And it's hard. It's hard to read. I'm going to just read this to you and we'll end. Because uh, I thought, well, I'll just read his sermon. <laughs> He's the creator. And it's instructional and it's insightful. And honestly, I find a lot, of, a lot of comfort in it. Because I know he looks at me that way. I know when he said that to those folks around the cross, he was saying that to me too. That's, that's actually good news. <clears throat> so in 6, this is the, his portion, his thesis on love your enemies. Okay, it's hard stuff. This is hard. It's hard to hear. And it's gonna. I'm not trying to poke you. Okay, at all. But oh man, it's worthy. You should at least cycle through this once a quarter, maybe daily. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) 
You know, because this is it. You want to love like Jesus? Want to, it's all about, I mean, look, this is how we receive his love too, so that we can give it. But here we go. Jesus says, but I say to you who hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. That's hard. But if, at first I feel like I can't do that. But Jesus shows me what I can do with him. To one who strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And from one who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic either. Give to everyone who begs from you. And from one who takes away your goods, do not demand them back. And as you wish that others would do to you, do so to them. It's so interesting because he's saying all the things that he does for us. If you love those who love you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. And if you lend to those who uh, lend to those from whom you expect to receive, what credit is that to you? And that's tough for me because I'm a loan guy. I expect repayment, you know. <laughs> even sinners lend to sinners to get back the same amount. But love your enemies and do good and lend expecting nothing in return and your reward will be great and you will be sons of the Most High for He is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. Be merciful even as your Father is merciful. Let me read that last part there. For He is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. How? I think He sees their original value in them. You know, I, I really do. I think He sees that. He's able to pull it apart and say, that's not who you are. That's what you're doing, but that's not who you are. You're not manifesting your value right now, but I know it's there, and I'm going to help you manifest it. I'm going to help you. I'm going to call it out in you. So now he turns the sermon, and he goes to judging others, okay? Which gets especially pointy. Judge not, and you will not be judged. Condemn not, and you will not be condemned. In other words, don't find fault in everyone. Find potential. That's the prophetic. Do you realize that, right? Like, the prophetic up here... What people are doing is they're joining with the Spirit and they're seeing the heaven that's on you and in you and they're calling it out. That's what's happening. It's literally what's happening. And then we get to go in the world and we can be people that find potential in human beings and not fault all the time. So, and also too, keep in mind that this is happening for you personally right now. He's not finding fault in you. Okay? He sees potential in you. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Give and it will be given to you. So here's the bow right here. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. It's so good. It's so good. So we all have this original value. And even science knows this too. There's... You know, how do people walk in this? Do you ever watch TED Talks? Okay, this, this next slide's TED. Um, <laughs> did, you, have you, did you hear the talk, uh, The Power of Vulnerability? I mean, it's like top four. I don't even, I don't know if she's a Christian or not. I mean, it, you know what I mean? But it's just, it's 38 million views. Um, she says this in her talk. The people that have a strong sense of worth and belonging believe they are worthy and belong. I was like, that's, that's church. I mean, it ought to be, you know. That's Jesus. Uh, it's, that's, that's what we're peddling here, you know. <laughs> right? You belong. You're accepted. You're paid for. 
and, and the payment was really high, which means that the product was you know, very valuable. You with me? So even, even science, she's a researcher. She, re, she just collected data from over six years of people answering questions. That's what she pulled out. That people overwhelmingly want to belong and overwhelmingly want to be worthy, like have worth, know that they're valuable. And I want to say, you can get that here, and you can certainly find that in Jesus. If you're, if you're not sure about here, I, I can, I'll talk to you about that, and we can work on that. But you can certainly find that in Jesus. But I also want to just end on this, one last thing. There is this excerpt from a Kendrick Lamar song, and it's, it reads like a poem. And I know that the human experience is difficult. I know that we wrestle with it. I know that it's tough to feel and completely agree with this total acceptance sometimes from the Lord. Um, but it's there. And I think I want to show you that you know, everybody's grappling with this. And it's, it's kind of an important thing to the human experience. You can throw it up, man. I'm going to read it from the screen. To the meaning of life, what's my purpose? Maybe this earth is, ain't a good place to be. How far is heaven? Let's see, is it in the clouds like they said it would be? I wonder when I die, will he give me receipts? I wonder will the eyes of the Lord look at me? Look at me, look at me. I'm a loser, I'm a winner, I'm good, I'm bad. I'm a Christian, I'm a sinner, I'm humble, I'm loud, I'm righteous, I'm a killer. What I'm doing, I'm saying that I'm human. <clears throat> and and that, actually that sentiment, you can find that through the scriptures too. The psalmist, he sounds like the psalmist. He does. But God understands how difficult it is to be human. He does. And so that doesn't need to be a mitigating factor to believing that you're completely accepted, you completely belong, and that you can then give that out too. So this is where, this is where the supernatural begins. You've got to love people. And so next week, it's Brian's talk. This is just like, I was the relief pitcher. I'm just getting through the next couple of innings. Brian Baggs is going to come up here. He's going to tell you a bunch of stories about God encounter, like God showing up and, and having all these God encounters because Brian loves people. I'm like back and you know, I love people sometimes and sometimes I'm not great at it. Brian loves people. I'm just being honest. I mean, he, like he genuinely loves people even if they've wronged him. That's what I'm saying. Like, I'm not kidding. Even if they've wronged him, he loves people. And then, boom, miraculous, prophetic. I mean, you just, it's, you just make it up. Imagine it. It happens, and I've been around it. Loving people the way God loves us. <clears throat> that's, how, that's how intently He loves us. There's no condition. There's no transaction. I mean, it's, it's quite scandalous, frankly. It makes no sense, you know. But it's true. So, let's stand. Oh, it wasn't a TED Talk. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, let's just think about Jesus. Let's, let's, let's pray, let's soak, let's, let's think about Him. I mean, it's, God loves us in Him. So Holy Spirit, I pray You would come. I pray You would come. And I know You've already met us in our humanity. I know You have. I, I know You understand. But Lord, I pray that there would be a rush of just comfort, that You understand where we're at and how we're feeling. And that there would be kind of this air of openness that we're all invited to the table and we can sit and we can be accepted and we can belong. And we know that you've righted our wrongs and you're reconciling us. And so I pray, Holy Spirit, you come and you just bless everybody with this supernatural assurance.
And I also pray that you would give people curiosity to look at you in Jesus. Thank you for Jesus. So I just pray your acceptance would flood the room right now. And if you just want to hear from God, you can come up at any time. Man, I, I can tell you, last week I got the most beautiful things prayed over me. And I just felt like, I, I don't understand why. I mean, I felt like I didn't deserve them. or <clears throat> It was strange, but God still wanted to tell me these beautiful things about myself. And so prayer ministers, you can come up.